chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came near and spoke to them. I've received all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of this present age. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. What a blessing. And I particularly enjoy it because I like to feel like you're clapping as I get up. <laughs> but we all know that's not true. Yeah. Thank you. That was, a, that was a good one. So, question. Have you ever found yourself in a relationship or in a community or in an organization that was in turmoil? Just turned upside down, pulling in different directions. Not just having a squabble, but I mean turmoil. We, we're kind of in that place right now in our denomination, in the United Methodist Church. Maybe you know about that or, or not. Uh, we've made the national news not long ago with the called session of our general conference and then with the judicial council that met soon after. And, uh, and so we find ourselves in the church in this place of turmoil. And the fact is, turmoil is not always bad. Sometimes things need to get shaken up. Disturbed. Even maybe down to the core. I don't know if you've heard this saying before that God comforts the afflicted and afflicts the comfortable. Sometimes we need that. Our bishop. Sue Hoppert Johnson wrote an article recently addressing what we're going through as a denomination in the United Methodist Church. Uh, I read it on the website Ministry Matters. If you get our weekly email from the church, there was a link to it in that email. Hopefully you get that email and you've read it, or if you haven't read her article, I hope that you will. I highly encourage you to do that. And if you don't get our email, that is a great way to know about what's going on in our church and in the life of our church. I hope you'll sign up for that as well. You can do that in the church office or on our website. But her article called Holy Incubation, she writes about what's going on in our church. And that this in this time, in this season of uncertainty about what's happening and where we're headed and what our future is going to look like as a church, as a denomination... She brings up the notion of submission and the importance that submission plays in our faith. But she's not talking about submitting to authorities. What, she's, what she writes about is just the very word, submission. 
that what it, what it literally means is to be beneath or beholden to the mission. And so she calls us to remember and even to be re-centered on our mission. That everything we do, everything we say, we talk about, decisions we make, efforts, that all of it belongs under the mission of the church. And the United Methodist Church has a mission. We have a mission statement that's in our book of discipline that says, this is why we exist. If you don't know that mission statement of the United Methodist Church, uh, over the next three weeks, you will. You're, you're going to hear it. And it's not that hard. Our stated mission as a church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. In her article, Bishop Sue says, Being sent forth in the name of Christ to introduce Him to others is always the main thing. That is why we are here. That is why the church exists. It's why the United Methodist Church exists. It's why Shambly United Methodist Church exists. The mission doesn't exist because of the church. The church exists because of the mission. And the mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And God's church will always exist in some form or fashion to be about that mission. Which sort of begs the question, then why are you here? Why are you here? Why are we here? Why is the church here? Now, maybe when I say, why are you here, you think about what brought you here. You know, maybe a, a friendship or uh, an event you went to or just relationship you have or the fact you were born here. Like, that's sort of the why, like, what caused you being here. But that's not the why question that I'm asking. I'm asking the purpose of you being here. Why are you here? Why are we here? Why is this church here? And that why question, it, it's important. A few years ago, I watched a TED Talk by a guy named Simon Sinek. I don't know if you've heard about him or heard of this TED Talk. Last time I checked this week, uh, just a little over 40 million people had viewed this TED Talk on the website. Uh, if you haven't seen his TED Talk about why, the importance of why, highly recommend it to you. Listen, you don't have to be a Christian or religious, or go to this church or any other church to get something out of that TED Talk. If you are a part of a team, a group, an organization, if you lead a business or a division, it's worth your time to go watch that TED Talk by Simon Sinek about the importance of the why. And in it, he talks about some of the greatest leaders and organizations in our history. And the fact that one of the things that made them great was their focus on their why. 
and even draws three circles on a board like a target. And the one on the inside is why, the next one out is the how, and the next one out is the what. And he says, what made them great was not the what that they do, that they make, not even the how that they do it, but the why. Why do we exist? Why are we here as an organization, as a business, I would say as a church? It was their leading and operating out of their why that made them great. And we have to come back to our why. Every once in a while, we got to come back to our why. Why are we here? Particularly in the church, we got to come back to our why. Otherwise, we'll, we'll do our programs, have our meetings, accomplish our tasks, take care of ourselves and each other and our buildings. We'll get our feel-goods and maybe even do some good. But why? For the mission that God has given us through Jesus to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So for the next three Sundays, we're going to take that mission statement of the United Methodist Church, take it apart, and dig into it. Starting today with the call to make disciples, specifically to make new disciples. Next week, we'll dig into what it means to make deeper disciples. And then the week after, for the transformation of the world. But today, our mission to make new disciples which comes from the scripture that we read just a minute ago, the Great Commission, we call it. Jesus' last words to his disciples before he left earth. This is after his death and resurrection. He told his disciples to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them. To follow me. And I'll be with you all the way. Jesus calls us to make disciples. To make new disciples. Specifically, he said, go into all the nations. And make more disciples. Now, granted. You And I can't make somebody follow Jesus. You can give it your best effort. But the truth is, that's not something you or I accomplish. That's something that the Spirit of God does inside of us. That God's Spirit connects, communes with our spirit at a place and at a depth that none of us could do for each other. So in a sense, we can't make more disciples, right? That's what God does. But we can be about the business of living our lives of faith, of following in the way of Jesus, not just individually, but collectively, corporately, in such a way that we create the opportunity, the environment, the culture 
through which and by which God's Spirit could move and speak to somebody and say, wouldn't you like to be a part of this? Wouldn't you like to have life with Jesus? Follow in His way. We can be a part of that kind of living. And in that way, be a part of the making of disciples. New disciples for Jesus. Now, a disciple is just a student, a follower. This is literally what the language means in the original text. is a, a, a learner. A disciple is just a learner. Somebody who's following in the way of Jesus. So disciples making more disciples is just learners making more learners. Creating that place, that space, that environment, that community, that way of life where learners are inviting other people to be learners. But Now one of the differences is from at least how I think we typically think of learning, this is not a classroom situation. That's not, it's not that kind of learning. This is not where you go sit and be told, here's what you think, and here's what you do, and, and here's all the rules, and here's the ABCs of Christianity, and, and then there's a test, and, and if you score well enough on the test, then you get to be a Christian. Like that, that's, not, that's not the kind of learning that we're talking about. Learning in the way of Jesus is participatory. It's experiential. It's a lived faith. It's you and me and all of us together collectively and as a church living out our faith. Learning as we live it. Living it as we learn. That then creates the place and space for somebody else to become a learner, a follower, a disciple of Jesus. And that's our mission. To make disciples for Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. You've probably got it by now, don't you? I appreciate very much in the scripture that we read that it starts out with the 11 disciples went to where Jesus told them to go to Galilee. Anybody who's read some Bible, you might recognize that's not 12, which is typically, right, that's the number of the disciples. There's one missing, which is kind of a sobering reminder that Jesus calls and not everybody goes. And yet some go and they go worshiping is what it said. I picture that as in with both feet. Just on board, yes, let's go. They were worshiping him and it said and some doubted. Had their questions. Were a little bit skeptical. Weren't sure. Which begs the question, 
how are you here this morning? In with both feet, on board, let's go? Or, eh, I'm not sure. What about this? What about that? Either way, amen. You are right where you belong. Because that's exactly how the original disciples were with Jesus. And it's from there. It's from that point. Together with all these other folks around you who are in one place or another or somewhere along the way. That we live out and live into this mission. To go and make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Specifically to make new disciples. I put this question to our staff on Tuesday when we had staff meeting. I said, what about your ministry area? Whatever it is, wherever you serve and lead, what would it look like in that area for us to be focused on making new disciples for Jesus Christ, for the transformation of the world? What would that look like? What might you do differently or emphasize more? Or what might you take another look at? And we got a lot of really good conversation going around that. You know, somebody said, well, we would make a more welcoming environment here on a Sunday in particular. We would be more focused, not just in that ministry area, but as a church. On doing intentional things to demonstrate hospitality and welcome to somebody who's here new for the first time. It's a great observation. Kind of like some of the stuff that's been happening lately out with our new narthex in the, in the front out here, with people gathering and the tables and the coffee and just being mindful to be hospitable. Somebody else said, well, maybe we would get off campus and get out into our community and participate and be engaged in what's going on. Like, for instance, the Shambly concert series. You know, we've got a table, a booth, a tent there, and people go and hang out and just be a presence and a face for our church and our community. Somebody else, and I'm going to go ahead and give you a name on this one. It was Melly O'Keefe. She's our preschool and kindergarten director. I have her permission to name her in this story. But she said that she has written now into her teacher's contracts that every one of them is required to attend at least one church function. That has to do with the children that are the age to which they are in ministry. You know, so whether it be the Easter egg hunt or the trunk or treat or something like that, she's requiring all of her teachers to come to at least one of the church events. Why? Because they can be a familiar face for the children and for the parents. And when you see a familiar face at something, you're much more likely to feel comfortable and sort of at ease and, and participate and want to be a part. That, that's just a, a really simple step that she's taken to try to Make this place a place where people could come, find faith, find Christ, feel at home, to make new disciples. And I'll say another word about our staff real quick when it comes to this mission to make new disciples. It's not just about the staff, it's about all of us. And, and this is not necessarily about Shambly specifically, but having been at lots of churches and no pastors at lots of churches, I've seen a dynamic in a church before where the membership of the church 
views the staff as the ministers. And it's their job to do the ministry. And it's the people of the church, the congregation, who are the recipients of the ministry. We pay them to provide these ministerial services for us or on our behalf. That's not healthy. Nor is it biblical. Nor is it in keeping with the scripture that we read. Because, in, in fact, it's much more healthy for the congregation, the membership of the church, along with the staff, to acknowledge we are all ministers. And if I could borrow a little secular language here for a second... Rather than look at the staff as the employees of the church and the members as the customers, a healthy church sees that we're all the employees of the church. All of us are serving, participating in the work of the mission. Our customers, if you will, are the people who aren't in our church. The people all around us. To whom Jesus said, go. He said, go into all the world. Man, you don't have to go far in Shambly to go into all the world. And I mean that in every sense of the word. We've got every person, age, race, gender represented in Shambly. And Jesus said to us, go and make disciples. This is why we exist. This is why we are here. There's nothing quite like seeing somebody come to faith in Jesus Christ. Having a life changed restored, made whole, and to find their place in the community of faith where they can live that out, there's nothing in the world like it. To be able to see God do in somebody else's life what God has done in your life? Yes, please, thank you, and amen. Maybe you read in the bulletin that at the 9 o'clock service we welcomed Courtney Stafford and Sarah Lawrence into membership in the church when we baptized their son, Graham. A lot of the folks from their Sunday school class are people that know them. I saw them there this morning at 9 to celebrate that with them. For the folks that are in their class and in their circle and have helped make this their place, their home, there's no feeling like it. To see that happen among you and to know that you had a part, that God worked through you to make that possible. So what I'm asking is for all of us to know that as our mission. Not just personally, but collectively as the church. As Shambly United Methodist Church, we exist to make new disciples of Jesus Christ. And if you're in here today and you're part of a committee or a team or a group or a class or anybody in this church, I'm asking you to see what you do at least through one lens of how does this help make new disciples for Jesus Christ.
And the promise that he gives us is that he'll be with us and go with us as we do it all the way to the end. Because brothers and sisters, when we start asking that question, that's where we're headed. (laughs) We're headed out from right here to where it feels comfortable and just like we've had it and like it. And we're headed to the edges, to the margins, to the unknown, to the new, to the different. But Jesus says, I'll go with you there. It's time for us to get back to our mission. For the United Methodist Church, for Shambly Methodist Church, for you and me, for us to live out the mission of the church given to us by Jesus to make disciples. Betsy, let the kids touch the baptismal water. Maybe if you've not been baptized... We'd love to baptize you if your children haven't been baptized. If you're on one of those teams, committees, groups, organizations, classes, and you heard that, and you think, okay, yes, how can we do that? Maybe you're in here and you're not. Maybe you haven't gotten plugged in or connected in that way, but you want to, and you hear it, and you know that that's for you. I highly encourage you to find a place and a group and a way to get plugged in and participate in the work of making disciples. I offer you Shamble United Methodist Church as a great place to do that now, today. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. So we're going to sing one.